Yesterday was Dr. Seuss's birthday, and it was decided on that day that they were going to cancel six of his books uh, because uh, they're, they're apparently um, there is a small group that sees racism in it. Uh, and of course, the whole Twitterverse and uh, Facebook and everyone, cancel culture, cancel culture. This isn't a first cancel culture that we've seen. Jeremiah was in the midst of a cancel culture. And if anyone was caught, uh, literally uh, caught with his life on the line, it would be Jeremiah. The poor guy was thrown into a pit because he was proclaiming, God is going to destroy us. If we keep going down this path, he's going to not stop preaching that, that gloom and doom thing. Stop preaching that. And our prophets say that's not going to happen. Yeah, well... So many times the prophets, uh, false prophets will tell you exactly what you want to hear. There's nothing uh, that we need to fear about the cancel, cancel culture, um, ultimately, if we're standing in, firmly in the truth. Now, I can understand where some of the depictions perhaps, they're 70 years old, but uh, some of the depictions perhaps were not as sensitive as we would be now. But we can't judge what happened 70 years ago by our standards now. And I, I keep wanting to say what's going to happen in hopefully less than 50 years as we look back on the horrors of abortion. Are we going to be looking back with the same kind of horror of, wait a minute, they, this person was, was for abortion. But back to the cancel culture, we see that in today's gospel too. Jesus uh, saying, I'm, I'm going up to Jerusalem. There I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be put to death. And don't worry, I'm going to rise again. And of course, they still don't fully understand what that means. How could they understand what that means? Usually, once somebody is dead, they stay dead. I know there's some medical conditions that mimic death or whatever, but Jesus is going to go to the cross and die. And that was not something you walked away from, especially after your legs were broken. And they did that purposely so it would hasten death. And yet, in the midst of that, you have the wife of Zebedee coming up to Jesus and, I want you to do something for me. Actually, she didn't uh, ask so calmly and so, uh, so politely. She commanded it. Command the, these sons of mine, one at the right and one at the left. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if I would have just been hearing that message that I'm going up to Jerusalem and I'm going to be put to death, I would not want myself, I certainly would not ask, but I would, I would not want my mother to be asking. <laughs> I'd be embarrassed, first of all. I think most of us would be. And I think it comes to, that's why Jesus asked the question, can you drink the chalice that I'm going to drink? Elsewhere he asked, can you be baptized with the death with which I am going to be baptized? And because they don't fully understand, and certainly the, the wife of Zebedee doesn't understand what, is, what does this mean, what she's asking for. And of course, it's not Jesus's to give. It's reserved, uh, we hear. Uh, God the Father has reserved that for the per person's appropriate. Whether it is James or John, we don't know. Personally, I think John, John may be, maybe, maybe Peter on the other side, uh, one side or the other, but... They simply didn't understand. They, they, weren't, uh, they weren't able to, to understand fully. And so when they were asked, can you drink the chalice? They might have thought, well, of course I can. 
and uh, remember a homily that was given by actually uh, Bishop Cousins, uh, and he pulled out cup after cup after cup after cup, and about five of them, a coffee cup and a water cup and, and a few other things. Is this a cup? No. No, the cup that Jesus is talking about, of course, is the cup that he uses at the Last Supper that foreshadows his death on the cross. Can you drink of that chalice, is what he's asking, of my suffering, of my death, my self-sacrifice, my sacrifice to God the Father for the salvation of the world as ransom for the many. Can you drink of that cup? Can you be baptized again elsewhere? Can you be baptized with, into that death? And the question that they're asked is the question of each disciple of the Lord. It's a question for all of us. Can we drink of that chalice? And while most of us during this pandemic haven't been drinking the precious blood, uh, it's not just as simple as that of saying, well, yeah, I can receive the Eucharist. Yes, I can receive the precious blood. Yes, I can drink of the chalice. But it's, can we really, with what it means, can we really drink deeply, inserting ourselves into the life and death and resurrection of Christ? Well, we can't insert ourselves, but allowing the Holy Spirit to insert us into that by dwelling with the Holy Spirit so fully, so completely, that it doesn't matter where we sit in the kingdom of God as long as we're there. James and John probably could have died of embarrassment. <laughs> the other apostles, they were indignant, and I, I imagine some of them as, if only my mother would have thought of that. <laughs> but Jesus reminding them to follow him means to serve. To follow him means to obey, to listen, not to command, and not just simply to sit on a chair at the right or left and give wise advice, but rather follow through on the advice that Christ or the, the command that Christ has given us.